0: You really need to pray for me because it's 80 degrees. I was talking to somebody here recently. I said, the weather's not good enough to make me want to stay there. Now, I can only say that because I was born and raised there and lived there for many, many years. Uh, I feel like when God called me to Spokane, Washington, that he gave me a little bit of heaven to go to heaven in. And uh, praise God. All right, Ephesians chapter number six, and begin reading in verse number ten. If you haven't, say praise the Lord. We recommend everybody bring your Bible. There's some people you just don't you just don't bring your Bible. If you need a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, I want you to see me after church, and I will buy you one. I will buy you your own Bible, and we will. Sign You sign your name in it. And I'll sign my name in it. And, and uh, Jesus already has his name in it. And then you can, because we want this to be a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-living church. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight about on this thought, we wrestle. We wrestle. We wrestle. And let's put our Bibles down and let's begin to pray in Jesus' name. God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for everybody that's here tonight. Hallelujah. You made a way. And everybody is here tonight, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. We pray that the word of the Lord would be a blessing, a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you promise to stay awake. If you don't, you can remain standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. the mic holder here hallelujah the word wrestle here means the direct translation of this word means to sway to vibrate in a conflict to contend a struggle for mastery. I like that. And at the outset of this, I want to tell you that if you're breathing and you have been born again of water and spirit, you will never escape the struggle for mastery. You can lay down and and um I I don't want to be negative for the sake of being negative. I I never do want to do that, but sometimes you have to you have to articulate some things that could be perceived as being negative, but even even if you were if you repented of your sins, were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, And you just decided this isn't for you. And there's many that do that. You will never escape the fact that you have awakened the spirit world to your predicament. You can try to get back into drugs. You will not find fulfillment in drugs. You can try to go back to fornication and immorality. You will not find fulfillment in that. You are running, but the spirit world as the hounds of hell will not let go of you until you are destroyed. I am not trying to be negative, but I am trying to be realistic that once you have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you have alerted the spirit world of your attempt to escape the kingdom of darkness. All these superhero kind of movies, Marvel movies where people are all hooked into fantasy about all kinds of nonsense. I want to tell you, this is a reality. And it would behoove the Church of the Living God to instruct and equip the people of God so that you are not a victim. Now, there's a lot of people... Once you get saved, you're going to have to get delivered to that victim sing song that you used to have in the world. That might have worked in the welfare line, but that does not work in the church of the living God. Okay. Uh, If you come dragging in the prayer room and saying, God, the devil's picking on me. The devil's just going to keep picking at you. Until you give your last breath, the best thing to do is to posture yourself and let God give you more power than he gave the devil. That's what this little exercise is all about, ladies and gentlemen. We are caught in a cosmic struggle. You cannot cannot get out of this. You cannot escape it. You cannot do enough prescription drugs to try to make yourself, you cannot get involved in an education, an occupation, a relationship. Uh, Some some deal to act as a a man-made humanistic distraction. You will never escape the cosmic struggle that you and I are a part of. I didn't ask for this, and you didn't ask for this. Um, But the reality of it is, is there is a God that loves us. There is a devil that hates us. There is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell that was created for the devil and all of his fallen angels, and this little, this little exercise is not complicated. It's not real deep, and if you get this, you will be a success if you just ignore it and act like Christianity is a support group for people that live in the 21st century, you're going to, you're going to miss the whole point of it. You've got to understand that the devil wants to take people to a place. They were ne- that's his way of hurting God. He doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't care about your family. He doesn't care about your reputation. He doesn't care how bad he torments you. But I want to tell you, God said, no, 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 no. I have made a way of escape. And I'm going to walk in what God has made available. I'm going to go ahead and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hallelujah. There's some things that we have to understand that are never going to change. Amen. The Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians church there's a reason why. You see more of these types of revelations. In fact, the book of Revelation or the book of Ephesians has got is chock full of revelation. There's a reason for this. There's a reason why the book of Ephesians is the first book that is mentioned in Revelation chapter number two. There's a reason why the Holy Ghost forbade Paul to go to Ephesus in Acts chapter number uh, fifteen and sixteen. And it was because God wanted to give the apostle the experiences that he was going to get at Philippi in Macedonia before going to Ephesus. There's a whole whole Bible study on this, and it's incredible. The, The height, the breadth, and the depth of this, and the magnitude of revelation that is laid out for us in the book of Acts is staggering. And there was a reason why. Paul was right next to Ephesus. He could have easily evangelized that part of Asia Minor. The Holy Ghost forbade him from going into that part of the world because the timing was not right. There are going to be some things that God is going to keep from you, not because, uh, not because uh, at some point God doesn't want to bless you with that, but it's part of the program of God. Uh, there's going to be some people that we will win, that we won last week, Um, to the elimination or the exclusion of other people. You have to understand this is a revelation. There's a church of this magnitude and size. There are people already by the hundreds that God has already got marked in this community that are going to be apostolic before this is over. Paul, I have much people in this city. But there are some people that have to be one and rooted and grounded before there can be other people that will be reached. I believe before it's over, you're going, to see, you're going to see city councilmen and people in politics and people that are in law enforcement and people that are deeply integrated into our culture. That are going to find salvation in this church and they're going to be added to the kingdom of God in some of our daughter works. I didn't come here to circle the wagons and have some little, little ultra right kind of a church. This thing's for everybody. It's for all nations, it's for every kindred, it's for every tongue. Clap your hands and give God the praise. It's for everybody. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul wrote this passage of scripture. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He was given a revelation of an experience that he had had. Because you have to understand that when he finally did go to Philippi in Macedonia, he was led there by a dream. There was a man that said, come over and help us. So the apostle Paul went. The first thing they ran into was a woman that was spirit filled with the spirit of divination. So immediately they moved into the operation of the spirit. And the woman was being spiritually prostituted by her handlers. And when they saw that the hopes of their gain was gone, they pulled Paul into the marketplace and they beat him. And they made him a public scorn and put him into a jail See, that was an experience that Paul needed before he got to Ephesus because when he got to Ephesus in Acts 18 and began to preach in Acts chapter number 19, he found certain disciples of John. And immediately after there began to be a revival, there were people that took their new age books and took their their idols, which was from the temple of, of Diana, and they began to throw them into the bonfire. And they turned from idolatry to the living God. They did the exact same thing to Paul. They drew him into the marketplace. They began to threaten them with beating. They began to threaten them with jail. But Paul said, you know what? Go ahead and put me in jail. Go ahead and beat me with stripes, 40 stripes, save one. If God brought me out of a Philippian jail, God will get me out of this. Because what Ephesus represented, Ephesus was the spiritual capital of the seven churches of Asia Minor. None of those other churches are even mentioned in the Word of God except in Acts 16. Sardis is mentioned once, and the book of La- Laodicea, Laodicea the city, is mentioned in the book of Colossians. But you have to understand that God first had to start a church in Ephesus before there would be a church in Phrygia, and a a church in Pergamos, a church in Sardis, a church in Philadelphia, a church in Laodicea. It became the mother church to the daughter churches. Paul never went to Laodicea, but he wrote letters to Laodicea. Paul never went to Philadelphia. Paul never went to Pergamos. Paul never went to Sardis. Paul never went to any of those. He became the bishop because the mother church was in Ephesus. And that's exactly what Cornerstone is. Two years ago, we started four daughter works. We need another one in Kellogg. Come on, somebody. You didn't come here just to find a place on the pew and find lumbar support for your back. We came here to tear up the devil's playhouse and to have revival in this part of the world. Some of you that are sitting here tonight may end up pastoring some of those churches. Some of you, I've been preaching that for years and it's come to pass. You might be sitting here tonight thinking, where do I fit in everything? I'm telling you, God's already got a place for you. Just stay submitted, stay obedient, and it will unfold in its time. But there's some experiences you have to go through so that you can experience greater things later on. You can't sabotage your walk with God by blowing it here because everything in that line of the perfect will of God for your life will be affected by what you do right here. Everything that's happening to you tonight is for something down the road. Everything that's happening for, with us in the last 24 hours is for some future event in the plan of God. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. That's why I'm not going to blow it. I'm not going back to drugs. I'm not going back to immorality. I'm not going back. Come on, somebody. He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. There's a lot of people that are still, they have never, they have never been able to discipline themselves not to fight people. Those are people that God cannot use except against their will. God uses them, but it's not like, God, I'm agreeing to be used, which is where the blessing is. God uses them as, as a cause and effect of the fact that they are there, and they're in a particular posture. That's different from somebody who says, I want to be used of God, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to develop temperance, patience, fruit of the Spirit, character of the Spirit, nine on each side. on it tonight man that that worship service just jettisoned me into the presence of God that's why everything you do here under my leadership is going to affect what you want to do in the future now you can go ahead and do what you want to do but then that was your will and your plan and not being led of the spirit See, we have too many people that are going ahead and doing what they want to do, and God will forgive you for that. But you're missing the greatest adventure of all, which is to be carried in the Spirit. And, and don't do that. Do this. Go here. Go there. Don't talk to that person. Cut that relationship off. Let's just clap our hands and give him praise. <speaking in Spanish> God, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to transform our epistemology. Principalities and powers are spirits that attack the individual. They know where you were 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 6 years ago, 6 minutes ago. They'll use your past. They'll use your failures. They'll use your fears, and they'll work you over. Principality comes from a Greek word, arche, which is an archway. It's an architectural entrance, which means all other spiritual activity moves through a principle or principality. And the more that you bring yourself under the control and the dominion of the Spirit, the more that you're shutting off the avenues of access that are used by principalities and powers to keep you from being used of God on a daily hourly minute to minute opportunity in the holy ghost then there's rulers of darkness of this present world those are municipalities those are local strongholds whether it's in an area that has that is noted for a particular sin They are principalities that operate through municipalities. Then there's spiritual wickedness in high places. Why was this revelation only given? It's the only place found in the entirety of the word of God where you see this is not a rank and file like generals, corporals, and privates. This is talking about demonic influence into the human experience, whether it's the individual, whether it's a community, or whether it's a nation. Because by the time Paul got to Ephesus, he already had learned this: that we're not fighting. I'm not fighting the coppersmith Alexander the coppersmith. I'm not fi- fighting Philetus. I'm not fighting Demas. I'm not fighting people that make stupid decisions, make wrong decisions. Make I'm not. That's not. What I'm fighting. I'm fighting spirits. Go ahead and stand up, brother Tim. This fabulous prototype of masculinity right here. And all the single people say amen. amen. See, it doesn't matter what this guy does to me. Jesus already covered this in the gospel. He said, if somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek. If he asks for your coke, your c- cloak, Give him your coat. If he asks you to go one mile, go twain. Why was Jesus doing this? Jesus is letting us know that nobody should have power over your spirit and your will. You have power over your will. You can do bad things to me. You can say horrible things. The people, I've met people. I know people that get trapped their entire life of evil for evil, rendering evil for evil, they become unclean, they become petty, they become small, and unless they get a personal revelation of that, they will never escape from that, and they will never be greatly used of God because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You have to understand that. Now, if this guy continues to slap me, it doesn't mean that God expects me to stand here. I can move, I can take a step backward. That's okay. You may be seated. Thank you. We are not fighting people. I remember a good friend of mine going through a building program several states from here. In fact, my best friend in in the church was a tremendous evangelist. Now he's pastoring, And he said, Brother Mayo, you need to pray for me because the the city inspector came in and shut our whole project down. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, you know, they told us we couldn't put a staircase there. And uh, right after they left, we... Built a staircase there. And he said, Man, the devil is fighting us. The devil shut it down. I said, That wasn't the devil. That was you going against city ordinances. Come on, somebody, help me. We blame all kinds of stuff on the devil that ain't even the devil. It's our own ignorance. When we get that building across the street, we are not going to fight with the city. In fact, when the city shows up, we're going to give them pizza, we're going to give them Coke, we're going to give them Bible studies, we're going to say, praise the Lord, I'm glad you're here. We had people coming in here, seeing the city, we were giving them pizza, Coke, talking to them about God. Brother Eric Pye, you remember that very first board meeting we had? And uh, Brother Eric, uh, I, said, I said, brethren, I think I found us a building, he said, I don't know how many guys were in that board me eight, ten guys. I said, It's in Liberty Lake. Brother Eric Pyatt, God bless him, said, Pastor, please, anywhere but Liberty Lake. I said, Why? He said, there, inspectors over there. I can't remember everything he said, but it was like, Man, they just love to torment people. And, and there was something in me. You got to understand something about me. I'm not one of these little. You know, Dunkin' Little Donuts, Michelin men, you know. I know I'm gaining weight, but you know what I'm saying. There's something in me where the devil says, you know, I'm going to pour it on you. Something on me says, come on, put it right here. Because greater is he. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, clap your hands. I'm trying to keep you from falling. I'm trying to keep you from being a victim. I'm trying to keep you from complaining. It ain't near as bad. You just need to get full of the Holy Ghost and walk in the power of our God. So we, we overruled and overpowered Brother Pyatt. And I just remember him shaking his head, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. When they walked through this building, the big city inspector had three or four guys. Um, Would you guys like some coffee? Uh, How about some donuts? And I I pulled my best one out. I said, are you a hunter? He said, yeah, I'm going elk hunting next week. Oh, let me show you a few pictures. Yeah. Okay, checked off on this, checked off on that, checked off on that, checked off on that our realtor is going to be approaching the city of Liberty Lake to actually buy this building from us for $5 million. And I don't care what they do here. You can turn it into a city council chamber. You can, you can have parties in here. I don't even care. It's served us well because we're going from faith to faith and glory to glory. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Hallelujah. This word wrestle is very important. And there are several occasions in the Word of God where the apostle uses words that had connotations to the Olympics. There was the long distance runner. It was talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I, I, I fight not as one that beateth the air. He was talking about not just shadow boxing. But he's fighting to be a real contender in several other places. But in this particular place, he's using the word wrestle. And wrestle was a very integral part of the Olympics. The Olympics go way back before even Bible times. And they understood that when the apostle used the word wrestle, what he was talking about. And wrestling is... The most contact oriented sport that there is. It's more than cage fighting. It's more than boxing. It's more than, I don't even watch this stuff. I don't even follow it. They gouge each other's eyes out and spit and bite. And that just turns some people on, I guess. But wrestling is all about dominance. Now, I tried out for wrestling as a sophomore in high school, okay? Uh I weighed like 93 pounds. I was I wasn't flyweight, I was flea weight. That's before I got blessed and I got married and I began to balloon. <laughs> when I see somebody really large in the church, I don't say man that person's large. I say that person's blast. I just don't have the metabolism I used to have. But I was in the, the, the lightest weight classification that was available. It was, I don't know, 99, whatever it was. And um, the whole thing about wrestling is the object of wrestling is, number one, is to do a takedown. Bradford, come here. Brother by faith. This is my brother by faith. I'm, not, I'm letting the devil know. You ain't getting this one. I know he's just sitting here, but look at him. He's not on a bar stool. He's not dealing drugs. Come on, somebody. Okay, now, I want you to put your hand. You're not, you, you, have per, you have permission to do this. Just don't, <laughs> don't try to take the pastor down. Okay? But no. I'm not the toughest guy in here, but I guarantee I could put up a fight. Listen, wrestling, there's a reason why the apostles said wrestling. Because wrestling is you tie up like this. Okay? And it's whoever can get the other guy down, whether it's shoot for his legs, pull his leg up, put your arm around this way, throw him to the ground. You can be seated. Don't get any ideas. Hallelujah you got to understand the very first, there's another, there's an ultimate object, but the first object in wrestling is you got full contact. It's not like the devil's over there and you're over here. We're not wrestling flesh and blood. We're not talking about people. We're talking about that you are tied up with spirits. You can act like they're not there. You can, you can go to bed at night and act like, you know, one of these days I'll catch on to what all the pastors are saying. No, 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 no. This is 101. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't rest, you don't wrestle your husband or your wife. You don't wrestle against the pastor. You don't wrestle against your parents. You don't wrestle against the teacher at school. You don't wrestle against authorities. You wrestle spirits. not against flesh and blood. And then he goes, talks about the integration of spirits integrated into the human governmental system. The object of wrestling is to render your opponent where you have them what is called pinned. And when they are pinned, it means they cannot move. Whether they look like a pretzel, I don't ever remember winning a wrestling match okay i I got a bunch of ribbons, but they were brown and black they were i never I never won a wrestling match, okay. I wasn't very athletic. My parents wanted me to be athletic my brother, my older brother was the high school quarterback, and they just had plans for me. They just said, you know our reputation is tied up in, in being a sports oriented family and you're gonna be and I could care less. But I tried. I tried to please my mom and dad. And so it drove me to be on drugs. But that's another story. So the whole point is is to get your opponent on the mat, you're totally dominating. And he can't get loose. Are you free tonight? Paul gives us the key. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Why don't we lift our hands and just pray that simple prayer. You're not a victim. God sees you as a winner. Come on, Gideon. You're a mighty man of valor. Get off the mat. Wipe your face off. Ditch your excuses. You're not a victim. You're a, you're a life full of potential and possibility. And the Apostle Paul, in other places in the scriptures, he helps us by talking about casting down imaginations and every high thing. This is what I want to leave you with tonight, okay? Wrestling, or I love how this phrase is used in my Vines Expository Dictionary, the struggle for mastery. It's something that you are going to live with your entire life. I know that this is where some new people are when they come to this church. I want to tell you, the celebration, the environment that has been created by this church is, is it's fabulous, okay? It's fabulous. It's glorious. It's wonderful. It's real. It's real. But the real challenge This is why, um, as a new convert, very early on, I realized if I'm going to stay in this thing, okay. Like I got a lot of, I got a lot of hounds from my past that are parked right outside these beautiful glass doors, and I'm I'm talking about where I got saved in Sacramento, um, thirty some odd years ago. I had to train myself. I mean. I couldn't do that for anybody else. It was only for Rick Mayo because I had to understand. I have to do some things because I know what my weaknesses are. And so I didn't have the luxury of sitting on a pew and missing what God could do for me just in a worship service. And that's why, that's why just from a very early age, after being born again... I learned that there is redemptive lift when I, when I worship God, whether, no matter what kind of, listen, I got a job for the first time in my, in, in, in my life out there getting a job and, and telling people, man, I'm Pentecostal and people capping on me on the job and, and cutting on me on the job and telling me you're just a stupid tongue talker and, and all this and all that. And, and there was a lot of reasons I could have come up with to backslide. But see, I understood when I come to church, that's where my strength is. And so I did not exercise the option of just sitting there and taking the night off. Because I realized tomorrow morning is going to be right back out with people that are sinners and right back out with principalities and powers and right back out with the rulers of darkness of this present world and right back out there with spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm going to get everything I can tonight. I don't care what anybody else is doing. You can sit there if you want to. But when that drum hits, I'm going to be in the aisles. Where's Brother Cody at? When he's running the aisles, that reminds me. Me of where I was at. I'm going to get everything I can out of that service because tomorrow the devil's going to be trying to take. That's why I see people dragging into a service and they sit there and they stick their head in a bucket of lemonade and they don't realize the glory's here, the power's here, the wonder is here, the strength of our God is here. Clap your hands and give him praise. I'll tell you something else, too. It's no mystery that this church is growing. It's not because I'm a great pastor and a great preacher. It's not because the singing is, the singing's awesome. Everything's awesome. I'm, not my preaching, not my path. That's not why this church is growing. This church is growing because there's, there's some undetectable to people's naked eye of what's going on around here. Number one, there's spiritual authority here. You know who the pastor is. I'm not saying I'm a great guy, but that's one thing. If that's not established, you might as well just go back to Bible college. You ain't going to have revival. You ain't going to do nothing until you're able to manifest and exude and, and absolutely manifest in real world terms. I am called. I am anointed. God put me here. I don't care who's here, who's not here. I, that fact remains. The second thing. Is you ain't never gonna get drug addicts to slip off of a bar stool if you're just sitting there like some backslid, sophisticated Pentecostal thinking, oh yeah, I've heard this before. Yes, I've felt this before. The only, I'm, This church is at a place right now where we could empty bars, we could empty dens of iniquity. You could empty an Alcoholics Anonymous, you could empty a shelter. Because you can feel this, you can be a part of this, you can receive. Receive this. Clap your hands and give God the praise. There's churches across the land. There are brothers and sisters. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm going to tell you what is. You ain't never going to get these people that are crack addicts that were doing smoke and coke. And all this kind of, you ain't never going to get those people to stick unless that environment has got the power of the glory of God that they can come here and get the chains taken off again. They can come here and get shake the devil. My God, somebody help me out tonight. I appreciate all the generational sophistication, but we are in the 21st century where people need a first century apostolic church. I don't care what your last name is. I don't care how much you know. What I want to know is can you manifest the power of a relationship with God? by my neighbor, all right, and then it all goes downhill from there, I just had a bad day, honey, when you have a bad day, the worst thing you can do is sit at home with the devil parked right there saying, you know. Right now, a cold one tastes pretty good. Right now, there's a cannabis store right down on the corner. Right now, you can get on your on your internet and look at all kinds of naked bodies. No, no, no. You get into the house of God and say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I came tonight. I'm so glad. I'm free. I'm going to stay free. Clap your hands and give God the praise. <laughs> If you learn to spiritually survive the right way by learning how to wrestle, not your husband, not your wife, not the pastor, not the Sunday school director, not the ushers. Somebody help me out. I'm getting dramatic. Not the assistant. But you learn to wrestle with those spirits and say, bless God, you took me down for 30 years, you'll never take me down again. You don't ever settle that, you're going to start losing other battles in your life, because what you're supposed to do in God is take that principle of wrestling, and you carry that into different areas of your life. having marriage problems. You know what your problem is? You didn't you never learned to wrestle those spirits. And now those spirits have followed you into a marriage. And because you never learned to battle spirits. See, so you're supposed to do that just to stay saved. And then you take that principle, that power, and you start taking that into other relationships in your life. And when the devil comes in and says, "You know, right about now is a good time for a divorce," she doesn't like you. She doesn't. Da da I don't want to get too much. You all are somebody's getting serious on me over here. No, you need to get down on your knees and shuck that off and say, "We didn't get married to get divorced. We're gonna whip every devil this side of hell. You're not gonna get my wife. You're not gonna get my kids. You're not gonna get my job. You're not gonna get my mind." Somebody clap a hands and give God the praise. You will wrestle every day of your life. You can come in here and make fun and smirk and laugh. But you ain't got the victory in your private life because you ain't wrestling. There's a thing about eagles. And I know this because I was an amateur ornithologist when I was 12 years old. I told my parents, instead of being a football player, I wanted to be an ornithologist. I know it sounds funny. I can't help it. I just loved, I loved birds. I just, I had a love for nature. My grandparents that were very well off people and very connected people with the University of California at Berkeley. My grandfather was the assistant dean of the Pacific School of Religion, which was an ecumenical seminary in Berkeley, California. They understood me. My grandparents understood me, but my parents didn't understand me. And so they bought me microscopes, and binoculars, and go look at your birds, go look at protozoans. And when an eagle lays an egg after the incubation period. The eagle does not come to the aid of that chick that is chipping away at the shell. The only thing standing between that eaglet and real world reality where it can begin to grow and nurtured by a living parent is it has to get out of its shell on its own. And that's why raptors, but in particular, particular eagles, they have what they call an egg tooth. When you look at their beak, there is nature. God has equipped that eagle with a certain tooth on the edge of its, of its beak that is made, tailor-made for chipping away and tearing away that shell of that egg. And the parent just watches. Because it realizes that if that eaglet cannot get its way out of the shell, it probably is not going to have enough strength to be able to exist, the hardship of being raised in this nest that's 75 feet off the ground, it's six feet across, and there's all kinds of predators, there's all kinds of of bugs, diseases, all kinds of situations in life. And so God built into that raptor as it was chipping out and it's finally it's finally shed of the shell and it begins to dry out as the molecules are warmed by the morning air and then the parent begins to feed it tear a piece of meat and 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 bring that piece of meat down to that beak and that eaglet begins to grow but it understands the parent understands I cannot aid it I cannot come to its rescue I cannot break this uh, a, an adult eagle could easily smash the shell of an egg. But God is built into that parent of realizing you got to get out of this by your own. I I have a problem with parents that come to every little deal their kids go through and you build up a dependency and then it's a right and now it's an expectation that someone's always going to pay for dinner and someone's always going to be there. No, 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 no. There comes somewhere if you're going to be a real world saint, you're going to have to stand on your own two feet and wrestle, not people, but spirits. Somebody clap your hands and give them praise. We'll pray for you. We'll be there for you. I tell brand new people, I'll do anything I can. We'll fast with you. We'll pray with you. We'll call your name in the midnight hour. We'll do whatever it takes. But bless your heart, you got to get up and pray too. You got to make it to the prayer room. You got to obey the word of God. do we wrestle spirit, it's going can be sometimes you're going to wrestle God. Jacob is facing a brother that hates his guts. He's already sent his family away. He said, it's just me all by myself, I'm praying, I don't feel anything, I don't sense anything, and all of a sudden an angel shows up. You know the story. There's going to be some times that we are going to need to wrestle with the promises of God until we get our immediate answer. And as a reminder, do you know why that angel touched the inside, the hollow of his thigh, and he walked with a limp? We see him in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, worshiping on a cane. But for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. is because God wanted to remind him, come to me, don't hate your brother. Clap your hands and give God the praise. There's some people that are just, everybody else, God, I can't stand that couple. I can't stand that family. I, that's the reason we're not blessed. This family over here, you ain't never going to be blessed. you got to get behind, beyond that. you got to say it's not people. It's the spirit of bitterness that I allowed the devil to put into my heart and to put into my mind. Clap your hands and give God the praise. This principle of wrestling will follow you every day of your life. Have to wrestle with yourself. Go to Romans chapter seven, brother Daniel, real quick. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing; for to will is present with me, but how to f- perform that which is good I find not. This is where you finally come to the place of realizing, I got to do something about me. Verse nineteen. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. What the apostle is saying here is I'm struggling because the things I don't want to do, the things I know that I should do, I can't do. And the things that I know I shouldn't do, those are the things I do. I'm not struggling with my neighbor. I'm not struggling with the pastor. I'm not struggling with my mom and dad. I'm not struggling with other saints. The struggle is right here. There's a lot of people that get crossways right here because it's a lot easier to get an attitude against another person instead of looking at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I need to deal with me. I need to get myself in that altar. I need to get a prayer life. Somebody help me out right now. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and you will win every wrestling match. See, oftentimes we just need a proper understanding of the enemy, we don't know who the enemy is. Sometimes it's just looking right in the mirror you know you'll you can send your own self to hell you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say this ain't about you this is about jesus it's on the inside of me Sometimes you will wrestle with other people. Look at Genesis 25-22. I'm coming down the home stretch. What time is it? I get I don't see a clock. 8.30? Thank you. Genesis 25-22, Brother Clark, please. And the children struggled within her, and she said, if it be so, why am I thus? Go to the next verse, please. Anyway, that's Genesis 2.23, and that's not your fault. It's probably the way I wrote it down on the list. In our story that we just read about Rebecca, she goes to the Lord. She said, there's a struggle going on on the inside of me. God spoke to her and said, you got two people in there. And they're struggling for dominion. You've got to have three, at least three relationships, hopefully five, but at least three. That is, you need to have a Timothy, which is somebody that looks up to you, somebody that you are being an example to. You need to have a Barnabas, somebody that is your equal, somebody that is your peer. And you need to have a Paul, which is an elder. So you have somebody following, somebody that's equal to you, and somebody that's an elder to you, if you're healthy. The most difficult of all these is people that are your peers, people that you perceive to be your equal is where most of the hang-ups come in life. We, we can posture ourselves and call Brother Clark our elder. Everything's going to be all right. You can straighten out some young kids because you're the example. And if they listen to authority, they'll listen to you. But the relationships that take the most work are the relationships with peers. done what time is it how much it's not nine yet 856 thank you you guys are scared to tell me somebody I'm gonna start carrying one of those big old <laughs> things one of those travel clocks with me I'll, I'll, I'll stop here I've got more This this reality of struggle is going to follow follow you all the days of your life. If you get the born again part right, you will be a success. Because you will learn how to perimeter and boundary your struggles so that they stay within the gravity of the Holy Ghost. And it's not a big deal. The most important factor of maintaining relationships with your peers is forgiveness. Like, I've got, I've got lifelong friends in the church. And you do too, but right now I'm talking about my friends. But your friends should be able to look at you and say, you know, you're ugly today. And you're not going to mess up and backslide. I'm ugly today. Pastor. Man, you looking like a home dog today. You're ugly. Go go put something on, you know. Go. Or, hey, what's up with that? I ain't buying your meals. You're you know, you can just you can talk to your friends that way. I'm not talking about being rude and crass, profane. I'm I'm talking about all it's all clean. But you know how it is. This is the reason why some people don't have a lot of friends, and I'm not here to put you down. I'm here to help you. But you just have to understand that those kind of relationships, the people following you are not going to help you grow. The people that you look up to as elders are not going to help you grow. Those Those are to keep the balance in the middle, to keep you where you're supposed to be. But you might have to wrestle through some pride. See, some people can only fellowship with people that they view beneath them. I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. The, I mean, every relationship they go into, if they, if, they, if they meet somebody and they sense that they have any kind of substance of character, they flee. They, it's a flight deal. And so all of their relationships are probably with people younger than them or people more to disadvantage than them. You are not whole. You are not integral. You're not, an integra is a whole number. And when you, when you have integrity, it means that you're whole. Your word is the same wherever you're at. You act the same wherever you at, you're at. Well, we, we got a jalopy. We, when you're in the church, we don't judge you by what kind of car you drive. That's out there in the world. That's why people are, are buying stupid cars just to, because the Smiths or the Jones down the street bought a car. Relationships are to enrich us. You cannot grow if you do not forgive. And the only way that those kind of friendships are sustained, vulnerable ability. I don't want to be vulnerable. So I go home. I draw the shades, I turn all the lights off, and I sit in a chair. That is not God. That is the spirit of depression. I walk into some person's house, the lights are off, the shades are drawn. Anybody home? Yeah, I'm in this chair. Man, I rebuke. Because in him was light, and the light was the life of men. People are just all, you know, just all close. And I can't relate to other people. Nobody can relate to me. You know what? You need to be delivered. And this is a good church to get delivered in because we love you. You may, not even, you may not even be aware of the fact that you're loved. But see, somewhere you have to start this wrestling process and say, I'm I'm made in the image of God. You're not going to keep me down. I'm I'm somebody special. You're not going to keep me down. I'm set free. You're not going to put me on drugs. I've got a way of escape. I'm not going back to booze. I'm not going back to drugs. I'm not going back to faulty negative thinking. I'm not going back to psychotropic drugs. Stand to your feet and clap your hands. Let's give God the praise. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on, some of you wrestlers. Give him the praise. You're free. And you're free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes we have babies here, and we'll we'll wrestle for you. There's a person that used to go to church here that, uh, just felt like they were so justified to telling people exactly what they thought anytime they wanted to. Finally, I just told them, I said, you know, that's not your place to do that. Well, this is what I see, and that you cannot judge people from two dimensions. When you have the Holy Ghost, you're 3D, man. This church is here to fight, wrestle, pray, do everything we can to help people experience this glory and this powerful life. Let's lift our hands and give him the praise. Maybe you're standing here today and you say, you know what? There were some things talked about tonight. I need to get to work. I need to get in the ring. I need to get get back and and take the devil down. Take this problem down. Take this situation down. This altar is open to you. Come on. Come on. Let's pray tonight. Fill this altar. You're welcome to come and pray. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength and commitment to God. Come, come, come in Jesus' name. let's have some music let's chant, let's pray, let's do something come on you wrestlers get back up and go and do another round and say you know what devil you might have had the last round you ain't getting the next one I got some understanding now. I got some direction now. I understand. Greater is He that's in me. Come on, somebody. Why don't you lay hands on somebody? Pray with somebody. Put your hand on their shoulder. Pray one. Pray ye one for another in the name of Jesus. God, give my brother strength. Give my sister strength. Help them to taste victory again. The glory of battle again. Come oh, on, man, you're the head and not the tail. God sees you to be above and not beneath. Fight my husband. I'm gonna fight the devil. I'm not gonna fight my wife. I'm gonna get myself in subjection. And I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and get the devil in a headlock tonight. Let him know who's got the power. Who's got the authority around here? I praise you, I praise you. Yala-la-ba-kata, yala-la-la-ba-borata, yala-la-ba-ha. of all strength the god of all glory the god of all wisdom is here